0: Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg and today I'm delighted to welcome not just a good friend but a very, very tall leader from the world of accounting, finance and taxation, Mr. David Julian Jones. David, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks so much, Ashutosh. Uh, humbling to hear that uh, sort of you know, introduction. Thanks so much. Thank Friend you. Friend
0: first, always, but absolutely I agree. So David is the the partner at BSR and Company LLP. He's a general management specialist with technical grounding in the field of assurance, and he's got a fascinating um, side hobby, if I can. You are a side <laughs> supporter. He's the president of the Royal Rangers India Football Club Private Limited, and we're going to talk football as well in this uh, episode. So David, let's talk of BSR and company LLP. Tell me about the scope of work you're handling.
1: Right. So Ashutosh, I recently joined BSR, uh, you know, just three and a half months into my journey here. Uh, but uh, considering, you know, my past, I have actually come in to do a couple of roles at BSR. Mm-hmm. Uh, and primary among them really is, uh, you know, something which a lot of firms are now have ventured into, but some of them catching up. And that is about, you know, creating a center of excellence, to support field teams mm. uh, when they conduct audits, so it's you know at BSR it's called the audit delivery center, mm. uh, something that's been there for almost three years. Uh, but you know with the pandemic, it's it's really you know sort of taken off in terms of uh, how many people, and we're 600 today, mm-hmm. uh, looking to you know double uh, within the next you know 12 months okay. uh, as we go along. So supporting teams through center of excellence is what I'm primarily working on. Wow! Uh, I also have a portfolio of clients, because mm-hmm. you know, that's something that I want to stay in touch with, very important to stay in touch with what's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, my upbringing and audit continues uh, as I my journey in BSR
0: as well. How wonderful. So my next question to you, David, is that how is technology changing accounting? You know, everyone's talking of artificial intelligence, machine learning, blockchain, cybersecurity, and so many right. other things. Right. How are you coping from, you know, and I'm, I'm 65 years old. I remember, we used to manually do the balancing of the trial balance when I was in ITC at the 21-year-old. How <laughs> has things right. changed?
1: No, no, and, and you know, you're talking about yesteryears. I remember uh, the big ledgers that one had to, you know, put on two desks at times to uh, do that. But that that world, uh, Ashutosh is gone, uh, you know, and I think everything is in front of a screen and behind the screen today. Um, and I think accounting, you know, needs uh, an auditing needs to catch up from both perspectives. Mm. One is about, you know, understanding how clients have, you know, taken to that, mm. and being able to get behind it to do a good audit. Um, you know, a lot of it now sits in a box, which is not in a ledger, not in physical form. Mm. Uh, and so accountants need to, you know, enhance their skill, and understanding of technology. Mm. Uh, and the second is how we're using it to our own benefit, both okay. internally within systems, process, etc. Uh, as well as just to, you know, mine the reams of data that now you get, you know, when you audit these large clients. Um, so, so I think, uh, you know, whilst now the course on accounting teaches us theory of accounting and all of that, there is also a big focus at firms like ours to actually people becoming with technology specialists
2: mm. and
1: understanding technology so that we can perform an audit, you know, much more efficiently mm. and much more, you know, comprehensively. Uh, so I would say the CA course is, you know, morphing to much beyond accounting now and encouraging technology as well, uh, to ensure we stay relevant.
0: Amazing. So I'm going to ask you a, a little provocative question. Uh, I was talking to some other people and they said that the first or one of the early uh, skills that may get disintermediated with technology could be audit. Yes. Uh, what are your thoughts?
1: So I think, I think parts of audit will actually yield to technology, you know, very easily. And, and if that doesn't happen, you know, the profession itself will not remain relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest, you know, the business that I just talked about, right, the delivery center, the reason why that is a model and is successful, is because a lot of it is actually delivered to technology nowadays. Mm-hmm. But Ashutosh, I, I would caution that, you know, the business of audit also has another very big element, which is judgment.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, and that's something that you know i don't see technology overtaking at least in my lifetime hopefully mm-hmm. um, and as an auditor and looking at the complexity of business today the kind of transactions judgment is becoming even more and more you know a part of the job that we do mm-hmm. so the way the way i see it ashutosh i think technology can really complement the auditing profession in terms of taking away what is the routine the repetitive the monotonous and leaving the mind space of the individuals in this business mm. to exercise the correct judgment uh, you know sort of understand upskill etc mm. um, so so i see it actually complementary i don't see it overtaking us Fair enough uh, but but you never know <laughs> maybe
0: maybe the well future. said well said and my next question to you is uh, for a lot of the uh, viewers and listeners who are young startup entrepreneurs
2: mm-hmm.
0: how does the role of an auditor or an accountant change From a startup little company where systems are all messed up or Mm -hmm. likely to be messed up into a large business organization where systems have taken over and are virtually running everything. True, true.
1: So, you know, I I feel, uh, you know, an auditor, whilst has its role as, you know, being independent, you know, looking at the books, giving an opinion, Mm -hmm. I think an auditor also has a role as a partner in a business and their growth journey. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, understanding where your client is on their cycle of evolution. Uh, and, and you rightly said, You know, when it's a startup, the focus is on building the business. Correct. Uh, sometimes growth is so you know, quick and large that processes take time to catch up. Correct. Um, and I think an auditor's role there is to you know, keep, keep on the lookout to just make sure nothing is going off the rails completely. We understand that process and system does not need to be at the, you know, the highest levels. Uh, but at the same time, are they getting it right in terms of the financial statements that they're putting out there? Mm.
2: Um,
1: and, you know, there's there's a stage in which you start to ask the next level of questions and say that, you know, now maybe it's time your size of your business is such that if you don't have these levels of systems and processes, something is bound to go wrong and we're not going to find out. Mm. Uh, so, you know, so keep challenging, I would say the entrepreneur to, you know, get better and better. Uh, but at the same time, like I said, you know, that challenge has to be graded. It needs to be phased. Uh, it needs to be in relevance to the business you can't ask a startup to you know put in all the corporate governance and you know bring in independent directors it'll kill the business and you know where where we work only where we have clients if we don't have clients there's not going to be an auditing profession so well said. it's
0: about very well said. What, what what a great response so uh moving on you know over the years i have seen that there has been a lot of pressure on the big accounting firms absolutely. for various reasons and we won't get into names or any uh, reasons but what can be done to manage such uh, kind of challenges because from a client's perspective there can be issues that will keep coming up but the accounting firm seems to get it much harder uh, you know in terms of a knock
1: right right No, i think you know the 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 saying within the accounting world at least ashutosh is saying you know auditors are not considered to be humans, because if we <laughs> error, then, you know, that's the end of it. But yeah. but, but I guess, you know, the profession has, has taken, you know, it, I mean, people who sign up for this do take a higher ground to say that, you know, you need to get it right. You need to get it right every time and the first time. There mm-hmm. is no second chances right. in this business. Right. I think just to answer your question, you know, I think one is about understanding stakeholder needs and communication. I think where where the profession has gone in is to a lot of you know complexity a lot of jargon mm. um, you know a lot of caveats that we keep putting and i think a lot of our stakeholders today either don't understand that because it's too complex too verbose or really don't care after a point because you know the, the profession on auditing is always looking back it's not talking about the future correct uh, so i i feel there is a there is an opportunity actually if you ask me mm. as auditors uh, you know to sort of try and see you know how many stakeholders we can manage mm-hmm. in in a sec, sec that you know we are actually doing justice uh, so you know not not try to get too far in what we're doing but at the same time you know make sure we are continuing to challenge ourselves and not being you know those people who are only looking back and giving past statements so it's a big debate in the uh, auditing world yeah. uh, but something that you know is uh, is, is still open um, but but I like I said I see it as an opportunity um, you know and that point you made earlier about being relevant—you know—if we don't take these, we will actually kill ourselves as a profession
2: much earlier than otherwise.
0: Fascinating. So my next question comes to uh, your firm BSR. Right. Uh, what are you doing differently with as compared to a lot of the other big names? Um, how are you different?
1: So I think I think at BSR, you know, uh, what, what I find to be a big differentiator? Mm. Um, you know, and and this is you know I've not been at a lot of the other firms, so I, I you know confess
2: mm. it's more
1: hearsay rather than an inside experience. Mm. But I I would say at BSR you know there is no and particularly in the auditing business there is no glut or you know uh, sort of you know this thing around building business as a book mm. uh, you know blindly. Uh, and I, I'm not saying others are doing that, but I just find BSR to be a lot more conservative,
2: mm.
1: uh, you know, in their approach. Uh, when we look at clients, when we want to take on clients, when we deal with issues, mm. uh, and I feel it like part of it has got to do with just you know the current regulatory environment. You know, uh, you know we've consciously taken a call that you know uh, profits are great and we love profits, but you know we also like to sleep well at night mm. and know that you know you your your book is a clean book um, and you know something that you know you can defend if it comes to that. So I think I think that you know to my mind is one of the biggest differentiators. We are extremely picky and choosy. About clients that we like to work with, um, and you know, hopefully, at some point, the fact that BSR has, you know, does your audit itself commands a premium. So mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a hope and you know a bit aspirational, but I think you know as as a profession and as a partnership, we're quite happy to you know sort of invest in that.
0: Amazing, amazing. So one more question relating to accounting before we move to football. Sure. <laughs> uh, you know, the new generation of uh, the millennials, and the millennials themselves are our in their yes. you know mid to late 30s and the Gen Zs, uh, how are the younger generation of people uh, taking to the accounting profession? Are they making changes?
1: Oh yes, um, and they're forcing forcing us to change in a lot of ways. Okay. Um, so I think I think one thing is very clear. You know, uh, and and I look at uh, obviously I'm a couple of generations away from the generation that you're referring to, but you know that the sense of uh, questioning the sense of conviction that, uh, you know, people to, to get people to a certain level of conviction takes a lot longer. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I remember in my time, if my boss said something, uh, you know, I would I would just believe it, right? I mean, it was because he said so.
2: Correct.
1: Uh, but today, it's a conversation. Mm. And, you know, uh, I think a lot of millions in Gen Z's practice the 5Y uh, in terms of asking you, you know, but why do you think that? So it helps build clarity, I guess, for us. Uh, And, you know, 100% sure and they want to know what does this mean. So, you know, the whole concept of auditing today, um, you know, and how is it adding value? How is it actually, you know, relevant? uh, It has taken a lot of redefinition when we talk to, you know, these generations, because Mm -hmm. they don't understand, you know, things like, you know, because for the greater good of society, or because of capital markets, right? It's tell me what does this mean in my context, Mm -hmm. you know, what am I gaining, um, you know, etc. So, so I think I think that's one in terms of just redefining why we do what we do, and I think how we do it is also becoming very very relevant. You know, um, you know they're not they're not interested, uh, you know, in in the longest theoretical discussions. Correct. It's more the practical applications, um, you know, that that they they want to understand. And mm-hmm. I think that's something like I said, you know, keeps us also on our toes. Uh, and and I think it's a great challenge to be honest, I agree. I agree.
0: It's
1: a great challenge.
0: I have. agree with you. Fascinating. I agree with you completely. I mean I I've worked with a lot of young colleagues in the brand called you yes and I what I always admire about them and I'm three times their age <laughs> you know so it's not even two generations I mean I'm probably four generations but what I really admire about them is their ability to push back yes. and say I don't agree yes. and that's a culture I've never seen in any of our other management <laughs> uh, over the last four decades that I've been working
2: True. True.
0: but David now moving to uh, football you are the president of royal rangers india football club
2: yeah.
0: tell me about the club how it was formed and how you are involved sure sure
1: so so Ashutosh, you know soccer football has been a passion in my family um, mm-hmm. you know my my father started this club 27 years ago okay. when we shifted from bombay to delhi mm-hmm. um, and it was it was more a response in terms of what he saw happening with youth and how they were spending their time and uh, you know he, he was a sportsman all his life, mm-hmm. and he just felt that any sport and soccer being something is in a great way to discipline oneself, uh, you know, expend energies, mm-hmm. uh, and obviously you know team sport always you know sort of carries its own mm-hmm. uh, you know learnings. Mm-hmm. So that's how the club got started, to be honest, uh, you know, 27 years ago, and it it continued for many years, uh, you know, and playing in the Delhi senior division. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I played for the club when I was young, etc. But quite recently, I would say about eight or nine years ago, I started getting involved,
2: mm-hmm. uh, because my kids
1: also were getting passionate about soccer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I could see that there was a dearth of opportunity, you know, where, where we were. Um, so we actually expanded, we, you know, went into women's teams, we got youth teams, we started an academy,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, all of that. Uh, and now it's, it's around the year, you know, project. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we also run a foundation for underprivileged kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my mom passed away in 2012 and we just set up a foundation in her memory and we run programs uh, grassroots programs for children through soccer for boys and girls mm. uh, you know largely helping them get into colleges through sport mm. or get a job through sports quotas and you know that's the real objective uh, of some of these programs so fascinating
0: yeah. but my question um, and that has been in my, my mind for a very long time that for a game which is the world over called the people's game or the common person's game uh why is it that it is not so popular or hasn't really produced some amazing world class players because all that you need is a is a, is a field and a ball <laughs> right. i mean I'm, I'm simplifying it but uh, no no absolutely Ashutosh.
1: i think you know uh, so so unfortunately at least in india you know mm-hmm. soccer comes to be a poor second right. cousin to cricket right. um you know and you know anything which uh, Does not have a you know I mean a paying career right a a sport which does not have a paying career
2: Mm.
1: Uh, obviously you know for parents is never the first choice I find very few parents who would you know compromise to say that oh my my son or my daughter has the talent Mm. and this has to be identified to be honest if you want to build a world class team Mm. at a very young age Um, you know we we recently brought into India um, I mean when I say recently obviously pre pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a soccer legend by the name of Winton Roofer. And he mm-hmm. he he when he looks at kids and wants to identify, he says 8 to 10, maximum 12 years old
2: wow.
1: is when you really identify the talent because mm-hmm. that's when you need to start working with them. Mm-hmm. So that when they're 17 or 18, they are you know able to complete at the word stage, right? So so I'll I, you know our example we have an academy we have a great intake of kids in the under eight category,
2: mm-hmm. but
1: as I go to under twelve, as we go to under fifteen,
2: mm-hmm.
1: a lot of that starts to petter out because mm-hmm. you know oh exams are coming oh you know my son's got boards this year mm-hmm. or my daughter is you know applying for this, so it's it's just a second choice, mm-hmm. um, and and we we are still to really get to the grassroots. You know I've talked about the foundation Ashutosh. My personal view is. The hunger that i see in the kids who come from the villages Mm. is far more than I would say even my kids, you know, they're more interested in the Nike shoes and the Adidas shorts, Mm. uh, rather than you know, the skills of the game.
2: Uh, Whereas
1: these kids, it's actually a ticket to getting out of that life where they currently are. So I think that's where we need to focus, you know, not the big cities to be honest, I I, I find, you know, and states like Odisha, uh, you know, have shown what's possible. We've Mm. seen it happen in hockey. We've seen it happen in football. Um, you know, it's just about you know spending that time, having the patience. Mm.
2: Um,
1: I think it's like I said, it's a generation that you need to work with to get to world-class players.
0: Well said. Not- well said. In fact, I was going to ask you. You know, and you mentioned Orissa, but I was going to say the states like Orissa have done wonders for for hockey. Yes. Uh, and the, this, the the last Olympics, both the mm. Olympics and the Paralympics, have done amazing thing for the the, the, the you know athletes and so on. Right. Uh, my question to you is: What can be done to promote soccer or football?
1: So, like I said, you know, I, I think I think governments, uh, you know, need to support private enterprise. So, people who have big pockets—I mean, take take the Reliance Youth Foundation, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got they've got very deep pockets, actually. So they can afford to run programs which are national, and and they do do they do a great program. They do a mm-hmm. program for schools, they do a program for colleges on soccer.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: it's called the Reliance Youth Foundation, uh, you know that that runs these, mm-hmm. but. These are not programs that you know. I mean, with with the size of the country, Mm. it's difficult to tap that level of talent. So it needs to move into you know government and I say state, local government. You know, actually taking that initiative, spending Mm. money, giving land. Um, You know, our biggest challenge is finding a field. Sometimes you know you said it's only a field and a ball. Balls Mm. are easily available, but fields, you know, are really not. Uh, Every field yes. is probably
0: taken over by multiple uh, cricket pitches, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah so so you know you have you have people who will give you the field if there's a cricket match not happening and tell you, please don't run on my cricket pitch. <laughs> How can you play football if you're not going to run around? I it? Know, I so know. but I, I think I think you know government needs to invest uh, state government and and Odisha is a great model. they've mm. you know sort of shown what's possible. Uh, if you you know sustain that investment, bring in coaching talent, uh, you know, we, we need to bring in some good coaching talent as well to develop our own, uh, you know, further. I, I, I clearly see that if we start at the grassroots, you know, there is a lot of talent. The size of our population just, you know, boggles me that why can't we make world class?
0: Absolutely. Days. Well, I hope we see a Maradona or a Pele coming up from India.
1: <laughs> Fingers but crossed.
0: I hope so. I hope so. But, you know, David, I'm going to move to the last segment of our conversation. Yeah. Uh, most of our young viewers and listeners love to get to know them, my guest, a little better. So, I've time for two or three questions for you. Sure. My first question is that: uh, what would you say are three key milestones or pivot points in your life or your career?
1: Okay. So, so I, I would I would say the first one, Ashutosh, you know, was really. Uh, fairly young, I mean, class class 12. But To be honest, I was never good at academics. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I was an average student, love to play football was on mm-hmm. the field.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: I remember my my father told me that, you know, listen, I don't have connections. Uh, if you want to get into college, mm-hmm. you know, you need to get on your own, it's not happening.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And of course, you know, cutoffs were not as high as 99 and 100 yeah. today, but mm-hmm. they were still quite high for my time. Right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I always had this feeling that, you know, studies was not for me. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I couldn't, but I think that conversation with my father, just, you know, put it in perspective. It was, you know, I don't, I didn't know what was going to happen next after class 12. I was so secure in school, right? We just went from one class to the next. And I said, okay, let me give this a shot. Um, you know, and, and I, I sort of managed to get into Sri Ram College of Commerce through academics,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which was, you know, sort Amazing. of, uh, it surprised me. I mean, mm-hmm. forget anybody else, it surprised me, but it just made me the realization of what's possible if you just open your mind mm-hmm. and make effort. Like I said, I never thought I could but uh, you know, when I was put in that situation, I just said I had to make it happen. Mm. Um, and so it's just you know, to me, it was a realization of what's possible. Um, you know, at that, at that young age, mm-hmm. I think that was sort of reiterated at some level when I cleared the chartered accountancy exam. Uh, you know, had I, uh, you know, people used to always scare us that you know, CA exam, this, that, and you know, and I said it's an exam, people pass it. You know, and I had just you know, I was fresh from class twelve success. Um, And and again, that just got reiterated for me, uh, Mm. you know, in terms of doing that. And the third, I would say really was, you know, when I started working with my dad, Mm. uh, as part of the club, my my parents have always been big on community, uh, you know, and having, uh, you know, something on the side other than just what you have at work, right? Uh, It's your unwind, it's your recharge, it's whatever, it's your give back. Um, Mm. And I, and I, I think that, you know, when I started working with my dad, I just realized, that, you know, this I had spent some years just focusing on, you know, work when I was in, you know, qualifying as a CA, etc. Uh, and to me, that realization that having, you know, some your passion and following it, making the time for it, and nobody else is going to make it happen. You need to do it. Um, you know, it. and when I started doing that, uh, you know, I, I could see the change in my persona. Even at work, I was more productive when I was Monday to Friday, because I just came back on the weekend supercharged, you know, having done what I loved. Uh, you know, either managed soccer, or played soccer, or you know, did something to do with uh, the
2: community. Fantastic!
0: Uh, so I Fantastic. Would
1: say those are the three times.
0: Really. Fabulous! And my last question to you, and this is for the many, many young people who will be listening to us, uh, as someone who has really reached the right to the top of your profession, what would your advice be to a young uh, individual starting off on his or her journey as an accountant?
2: Right.
1: So, couple couple of things that you know stood me in good stead, Ashutosh. Mm. I think um, you know one was about uh, always be open to learning and be curious. Mm. Uh, you know, a lot of times people when they clear the CA exam, they think they've arrived. You know, I've become a chartered accountant. I know it all. To me, that was the start of a journey. I you know still go and ask the very basic questions from you know anybody I work with, mm. um, and and I found I always got different perspectives and different expectations. Right. Uh, you know, and and different views. And, and I think that to me was, you know, really, really great, because I knew that if I was to progress, um, you know, it was also about people management rather than just my technical skills, technical skills, you know, get you in the door and get you to somewhere. But very soon in your career, it's all about managing people. Mm. Um, and I found that just being curious, asking people rather than assuming, uh, you know, really, really worked well for me,
2: mm. you know,
1: as I sort of, you know, moved up. Um, I think the other the other thing that I would I would say is be patient, mm. uh, you know, and that's a particular conversation I have a lot with this the new generation. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I we, everybody loves instant reward and gratification, mm. right? But when I look back at my career, you know, some of the things that I thought were huge setbacks for me, now I just laugh off to say that it was only six months, or you know, it was a year later, and you know, something came through. So I would say you know life is long. Be patient. Uh, you no, know, do do the right things. Rewards will come. Mm. Uh, you know, don't get disheartened. Uh, and that's one of the biggest strengths, I think, just being resilient. If it doesn't happen the first time, think about why. Try again. You know, it will happen. Um, you know, so that would be so those would be my sort of words of it.
0: Fantastic. And on those two amazing pieces of advice, uh, David, thank you so much for talking to me. Thank you for talking to me about the accounting profession uh, and uh, you know so many different things you're doing. Thank you for talking to me about football. And I sincerely hope to see some really, really good kids coming out and uh, making a name for themselves and, and the country in football. Thank Working you again and good luck. Working. Mm-hmm.
1: Thanks so much. Been a pleasure chatting and really appreciate it.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for listening to The Brand Called You, videocast and podcast